BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, you'll try. What about my friend? Welcome to Cocoons of Horror, the podcast where we review classic horror films and other pulp fiction. Today we take a look at the blockbuster sequel, Top Gun Maverick. This film dares to answer the question, what if we made Top Gun again? <laughs> Top Cruise... <laughs> Top Cruise? Yeah, exactly. Tom Cruise is back and younger than ever, but this time he's playing beach football. With me as always to break this all down is Dr. Anthony Ladon. Top Cruise. I think officially his name should be changed to Top Cruise. <laughs> he's no longer he's no longer human, so he needs a new name. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna send you some AI art. There's this app where you create you put in a prompt and it creates it tries to create art based on your prompt. Okay, let's let's see it. It's AI see. art based on a prompt. Yeah, so I'm gonna send you one. Right now, that is uh, uh, John Ritter working at a subway. <laughs> I I don't have words. I mean, all right, number one doesn't look like John Ritter. <laughs> But the hairdo is spot on. Uh, let me just say that. Like, I think that half of John Ritter is the hairdo. Right. Um, the the rest of it is it doesn't really matter as much as the hairdo. Uh, and and I, let me just say, about three million people tried to do this hairdo in the eighties. No one pulled it off like John Ritter. Oh yeah. Um, the face is disconcerting. The face is. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's uh, here's uh, Tom Cruise uh, on the toilet. Okay. Tom Cruise on the toilet. Let's take a look at this. Oh, you know this is this is gonna this is doing it for me. <laughs> now I love that he's not um, actually using the toilet. He's he's riding it like a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the back, like he's like straddling yeah. behind the lid. Yeah, he's got his knees behind the bulk of the the, the bowl, and it's it's like he's uh, yeah. This is sort of like Days of Thunder, but he's riding a toilet. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> this this one's gonna this one's gonna bother you. Now, can you could just come up with anything for this? AI yeah, he's right. What? And sometimes it doesn't quite know what you're doing. It's doing its best, but other times it's like here's uh, Queen Latifah farting in a bucket. Yeah, that's that's what I would imagine. <laughs> I, it's odd that these faces are. I mean, they're kind of. I mean, it's certainly her arm certainly... is her leg. <laughs> And then this is Isaac from the love boat in a wheelchair eating beans. <laughs> now, wait a second. You just come up with these. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know how we can show these to people, but they've got to see these. we gotta, we got to have some. Will you just put these on your Instagram page? Yeah. With, put them on without comment. 
I, I just want this will be for cocoons of horror listeners, and I'll tell you when to post them. But um, you just put them on without comment. No one else will know why you posted them. It'll just be a special bonus. So at Ozfest um, on Instagram, uh, you can see these photos uh, when this podcast drops. This is a this is there's something genius about <laughs> Isaac from Love Boat. In is a he smoking a pipe? Unless he's eating beans. Those like, why? It's not a bean. A, is a it green a green bean? bean? It's a green bean. And if you look, he's doing the point. It's just a misshapen hand to doing it. There. It is a point. And why does he look like Emmanuel Lewis got really old? <laughs> could you do one with Emmanuel Lewis? I'm sure I could. Um, man, yeah, this is. Uh, Oh, here's uh, here's uh, Scott Bakula uh, gets his period. <laughs> just, just to let people know, uh, th- these are just things that Steve thinks about uh, randomly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, first off, Scott Bakula looks very elfin. This could be absolutely a Rings of Power episode. Uh, um, he he's clenching his fist. Um, because it's a very painful experience and I wouldn't know what that was that he's holding if you hadn't told me. Right. And now that you know, I mean, now that I know and, and you know what, why not? Why not wear a purple raincoat? I mean, that's what what the AI decided to do. Do you, uh, do you remember Robert Zdar? Okay. I know it. I want to see how this works. And so I'm going to give you a prompt, and I want you to put it in. Okay. All right. Okay. You have to be careful, because there are sometimes it just is like, if you get too, uh, like, when I was, when I just put in, like, RoboCop being sexy, mm-hmm. they wouldn't do it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. So this is Huey Lewis runs for Congress. Huey Lewis runs for and what's nice is it has all these different styles you can do. Mm-hmm. I choose the photo one, but like you can do them, like they're like magic. They're mm-hmm. um, like you can do it cinematically. You could do it uh, pen and ink style, fictional character, comic booky thing. But I just focus on the photo one because I love how they don't I mean it's like they render the face in a in a very odd way. Yeah, every single one of these faces is is somewhat distorted. Although it's hard to tell with Tom Cruise because. His face already yeah. looks somewhat distorted. Right. You paid good money for that. John Ritter is a cross between John Ritter and Pete Holmes for some reason. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. All right. So <laughs> so I'm I'm waiting to see uh, Huey Lewis runs for Congress. <laughs> this this one is odd. It just does like a, a portion. All right. And. Uh... Can't no, wait to it, see how the AI interprets this. So it's a portion, and then I'll send you one that is very, uh, <laughs> yeah, very uh, Planet of the Apesy. Here we go. Oh, can't wait. Okay. Usually they give you two options. Okay, so here's 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 the one that's just a portion. I don't oh. know why it's just a portion. No, I I so far <laughs> I'm voting for this guy. Yeah, yeah. And this one, if you want to see the rest of them. Uh, wait, this is him running for Congress? <laughs> yeah, that's what he looks like if he runs for Congress. I, I'm, I wonder what he would have looked like if he was running for president. This is, a, this is very interesting. Very casual, right? No tie. No tie. Um, <laughs> and, and, I mean, 100, you know, if you're going to get 100% out of this, is he, he's at least 20% primate. Yeah, exactly. Huh. All right. Well, yeah, that's a that's a load of fun. Steve, you got an elevator pitch for this movie? Um, is he old? <laughs> yeah, old old man goes very fast. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like if you if you tolerated Top Gun, come on back. <laughs> It's a it's an interesting 
Okay, I, we should we'll definitely talk about the first Top Gun because we need to a little bit here. But yeah. it is one of these things where it's like if the first Top Gun holds a place in your heart, this is like let's just do that again. Let's run it back. Right. There's a lot of run it back moments for sure. And very sort of over the top. Like, hey, remember that scene? Remember that? Hmm. Wink. Little. Remember that scene? Let's show you the exact scene again with the exact song. You could say, did you like the beginning of Top Gun? Are you going to get concerned that you rented the wrong one? Well, well, I was watching this with my, my parents, and for the first five minutes, my dad said, did you rent the, the, the right one? Because he, yeah, no, he I thought that way. we had rented the first, the first movie on accident. Well, because it, it does the whole introduction to what Top Gun is, the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, you have yeah. the Harold Faltermeyer uh, score. As soon as I heard Danger Zone, I was pumped. And Loggins was in his bag, man, when he was when he was... You know, speaking of Huey Lewis, him and Lewis, they had they had soundtracks down, right? I have such an odd relationship with Kenny Loggins. I mean, some of the best moments of my life were watching Kenny Loggins or listening to Kenny Loggins like over a movie, right? But then, of course, I would never sort of go out of my way to buy a Kenny Loggins album because, of course, that's a little bit cheesy or something, right? So it's it's almost like he was he was sort of like an artist that was made to write a song for a movie. Yeah, like his genre would have been soundtrack. <laughs> is yeah, is there any other soundtrack artist that that can holds a candle to Kenny Loggins? Yeah, and I don't I don't think so. I mean, and cuz it's just like you can't well, I mean Footloose you almost have to wonder, like, well, what came first, right? Like, did the song Footloose come out and then the movie, or were they, you know, were yeah, they together? Yeah, Footloose is, almost seems inspired by a Kenny Loggins song. Right, and like, you know, there are moments where I'm like, oh, Kevin Bacon's playing a young Kenny Loggins, I think. <laughs> um, how is it, what is your relationship with Kenny Loggins? Like, will you, like, if, unless it's like Yacht Rock, will you go out of your way to listen to a Kenny Loggins song? Uh, no, no, and you're right. The Yacht Rock is where I'll also find him, right? Like, you'll find some of his other... Because like... if he's on Yacht Rock, I will absolutely listen to it and, and oh, yeah. unironically enjoy the song. Yeah, but he I would never go out of my way. Like, I wouldn't, like, punch in Kenny Loggins on Spotify or something. The only Kenny Loggins, like, cassette that I ever owned was just by virtue of owning, like, the Footloose soundtrack. You know what? If someone had asked me, like, did you ever know anyone that owned a Kenny Loggins cassette? I would have said no, but I should probably ask Steve first. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the only one that I... I mean, of course, people bought Kenny Loggins cassettes because millions of people did. But I wouldn't have thought it. But then, of course, I would think, eh, maybe I should ask Steve. So yeah, you did true. own a Ke- Kenny Loggins cassette. In the sense that I own the so- the the soundtrack of Footloose, which is, which is, as they would say, various artists. Karate Kid? Did he do Karate Kid? No, no. Karate Kid. So Karate Kid, the big song from uh, that was uh, You're the Best Around by uh, Joe Esposito. Um, and then, of course, uh, Zamfir, Pan Flute, was playing prominently throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get to two, and then you get the Peter Cetera jam, I Am a Man Who Will Fight for Your Honor. How come we didn't get Karate Kid 2 on this? I would have probably gone right to three, to be perfectly honest, because three is, uh, it's, it is an onslaught. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure Ralph Macchio is, comes from the future. Like, he looks older uh-huh. in that movie than he does in the Cobra Kai series. And somehow, like, way taller. Like, it almost yeah, seems like... Why is Ralph Macchio in Top Gun Maverick? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, well, I love that Ralph Macchio is working at all, but, like, I... Ralph Macchio was one of those guys that, like, when I was young and I'd see him in something else, I'd be like, well, good for him. <laughs> so glad Ralph's got something to do. This is always the problem with aging Italians. Italians <laughs> very rarely age well. So, I mean, look at look at Al Pacino. Yeah, I'd rather not. All right, so I'm trying to think of another prominent Kenny Loggins soundtrack here. I'm, I'm All I, Right least... by Caddyshack and Caddyshack. Sure, sure, sure. And it, isn't there at least one of the Rockies? Um. Oh well, his he, his song ends in Rocky Four. Remember, there's a song yeah. that he he uh, the robot is playing. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You got the robot in the voice of Kenny Loggins. Well, he also did Meet Me Halfway, um, which is which the song I, I was just in my head singing, and I went and I just uh, Googled it, and it was uh, the main song in Over the Top. Never seen Over the Top. I haven't either. Um, I kind of feel like I get it. <laughs> no, we, we should probably do Over the Top for this podcast. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, at some point, we're going to have to do Over the Top. Because I live three doors down from a champion uh, arm wrestler. Uh, well? And I need an excuse to sort of uh, you know interview him and find out what yeah, he's like. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Steve, this movie is... It's been praised quite a bit. Did you um, know that Kenny Loggins has two songs in Top Gun? Not to interrupt you, but... I did, I did not know this. So, of course, Danger Zone. But during the uh, volleyball scene, Playing With The Boys is a Kenny Loggins song. A little on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit on the nose. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move to Tom Cruise here. What's your relationship with Tom Cruise? You know, it's pretty extensive. Did you have nuptials? <laughs> uh, well, um, well, I did go to the Scientology Celebrity Center once, so I feel like... <laughs> Let's start there. I feel like the Thetan merged. What's the first movie you saw Tom Cruise in? Ooh, that's a good question. Wow. Because um, I did not watch... I did not see Outsiders early. I think I saw it later. I saw Outsiders very early, loved it. I wouldn't have known that, uh, that the, the actor was named Tom Cruise, and I didn't like the movie for Tom Cruise because it's a very small right. role in that part. Never saw Risky Business. Okay. I saw Risky Business. I don't think that was the first. I think it could be that Top Gun was the first one I saw him in. That's interesting. That or Color of Money because I did see Color of Money young. Interesting. Very interesting. I feel like I saw maybe, it felt like a dozen Tom Cruise movies where he played the same character every single time. Right. It was sort of like, like I, I used to have a friend who would like make a joke and be like, I love that one Tom Cruise movie where he plays the young cocky guy. <laughs> because at, at, at one point that was him. He was always the young cocky guy. And now he's the old cocky guy. Right. Um, well, he's yeah, he's he's just Tom Cruise, <laughs> but he has lost himself in some roles. For instance, um, I would say that uh, Tropic Thunder. Well, <laughs> that's sort of him trying something new, I would say. But he's pretty amazing. I would. It, that's uncharacteristic. When I think of a Tom Cruise movie, I don't think Tropic Thunder. Maybe I should. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe because he's not holding the movie down. But in terms of performances, right? I think the first Mission Impossible is maybe one of the best action movies I've ever seen. And I I would like to revisit it just to see if it holds up. I love that movie. And unironically, I I love that movie. And then I don't feel like he did anything after that movie that I've enjoyed. Um, Is that right? I think he got really weird. So you didn't like like Minority Report? Hmm. Was that after? Yes. It was after. I did. It like was even it. after Mission Impossible Two. Interesting. Okay. And, All right. and Magnolia was after Mission Impossible, and then you're uh, on record for really enjoying that one. It's been a long time since I've seen Magnolia. I probably should revisit. Um, he was he was not a major role in that for sure, but I do th- I do think that he got a little bit weird. What about War of the Worlds? I thought you liked War of the Worlds. Oh, dang it! You're right. I did like that movie. I'm going to take it all back. I love Tom Cruise. <laughs> I I think he's the best thing that's ever happened to film. I love everything he's in. I will see everything he's in. Uh, let's talk about your Scientology tour. now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, this was right after Going Clear came out. I happened to be in a, uh, a comedy festival in Hollywood, and I had a day to kill. And so I just was like, I'm going to drive around and just see what's up in Hollywood. And I saw, like, you know, the big one, the big, the big blue uh, center. And I was like, ooh, you know, maybe take a little, check that out. So I started doing, I pulled over and I started doing some research on, like, can you do tours? Mm -hmm. And they said that I was closer to, at that point, um, the the Celebrity Center. 
So it's a, they took an old hotel and they converted it to a Scientology celebrity center. And they were offering tours. And uh, I was I was parked out in front eating some tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, like checking out how do you do the tour. And this guy on a bicycle just kept on riding by my car over and over again. And then, was it Tom Cruise? Uh, well, who's to say? So I, I, I got out of the car. I started walking into the driveway to see what was going on. Excuse that squeak. And uh, and as I'm walking, a guy just comes out of the bushes. Yeah. And and intercepts me. And he had a... Uh, comes out of the bushes? He's just out of the bushes. And he has a, like an earpiece thing in. And I look over and the guy on the bike gives him a nod and rides off. And the guy's just gonna help you, and I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I heard you. There's tours here. That's all you're here for. I'm like, yeah, it's for tour. Okay, I'll walk you in. And he just lives in the bushes. I don't know if he lives in the bushes, but he was there. He, he was, but that's his. That's his station. He's he's stationed, he's stationed in the bushes. In, in the bush, yeah. He he was he was a hedge man. And he becomes and, your tour guide. Well, he takes me to the front desk. Oh. Right. And they call over a young woman who's going to give me a tour, and everybody's feeling like everybody's giving me a look because like and I and I I'm not making the connection that like going clear had just come out, and I'm sure they're getting a lot of like unwanted uh, attention. Okay. So, so they bring her over. They, they chat with her. Like, so you want a tour? And like, it's very like fine. You know, like we'll give you a tour. And I'm trying to be chatty. I'm trying to be charming. You know, because I want, I want, I want the full experience. Uh huh. And you know what, Steve? Just let the dog chew. <laughs> I, I, the dog knows. The dog knows. I don't want it. If, to if this if this was uh, uh, perfect Stranger Things, I would have a problem. But because it's cocoons <laughs> of horror, I, I kind of feel like our fans appreciate all of the dog ambiance. So anyway, so I, so they give me a tour, or they, they the lady starts taking me around, and like you have to go read all these different things on the wall. Like there's all these like you know mm. like their tenants and all that stuff, and uh, and she's talking. Oh, they've me got their it. they've got their sort of belief system on the wall. Yeah. Well. I'm, to the degree that they'll like, there's, you know, this is like entry level beliefs, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, what, you know how, like give me an example of what that that what like one of those would be. Oh, uh, well, just the concept of thetan, right? Like you, you don't have a thetan, uh, you don't get a thetan, you are thetan. Oh, okay. I'm 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 down. So understanding that is important to say that, like, you don't achieve. Well, that's nice. I mean, I, that's one less thing I got to worry about, right? Right. To know that you're already, you're already, you're grandfathered I'm already in. Thetan. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And so, how do I spell Thetan, by the way? I believe it's T H E T A N. Okay. And and, uh, and so we, so she's walking me through. Now, are you are you Thetan or is it just me? Oh, we Thetan. <laughs> okay. Hey, we got that in common. Yeah, Thetan ain't easy, but it's necessary. So we uh. So I eventually started like disarming her, and I explained, you know, uh, you know, so what are you in town for? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a comedian, <laughs> and that. Uh, oh, that exactly. probably went over really well. Yeah, and then, but then, uh, and she's just like, "What brings you here?" I'm like, oh, "I'm just curious, you know. There's a lot of, I'm sure you get a lot, and I even, I'm sure you're getting a lot of uh, attention these days. Probably not great about this whole thing, but you know, I like to come in with an open mind. So I'm playing." I'm playing the 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 uh, newfound attention uh, yeah. for myself. So then I, I like go, I yeah. like that you go to L.A. and immediately you become a liar slash actor. <laughs> it's, it's it's in the air, man. It just kind of just is absorbs into you. Uh, all right, continue. Yeah. So so I'm watching. They watch. I watch a video about like how like trauma in utero will could lead to things that are you know like behaviors and this and that and like where you have to get and then they talk about auditing and you have to go through the audit process so they sit you down for a video yeah and then i did the um and it starts in utero i mean that's 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 starting right at the beginning yeah 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 and so then i i did the uh hook yourself up to the little meter thing okay are you familiar with that no but it sounds very much like a lie detector which i've always wanted to take yeah uh it's it's a way to like check your stress Oh. It's like a, I think it's like an e meter. Oh, I and used to have one of those. It was like um like a moonstone ring, like a mood a mood <laughs> ring. Yeah, so this is an e meter that you would hold two pieces, and then and then they say, okay, well uh, now think because of because my mood ring would always be like kind of a turquoise. 
Right. All right, can continue. Yeah, you're, you're thetan. That, that's the color of your thetan. So, okay. so you hold it, and then they say you got to think of like some childhood trauma or something. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, at that moment, the the meter like jumps up, and she's like, "See, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah." And I was like, I actually was thinking of hot dogs. <laughs> well, look, hot dogs. Maybe that is childhood trauma. Maybe right? that was it. I was <laughs> right for suppressed. An suppressed. Uh, you know your your hatred for all beef hot dogs. You know, right. Wishing that your mom had bought and you know bought chicken hot dogs. <laughs> well, and every time we go anywhere, there's always somebody looking over in the corner, like somebody walking by, somebody taking a look. And they brought me into a room to watch another like video on um, auditing. And now we're now we're chatting. Now we're chatty. We're having a good time. And the whole thing is, I'm trying to get her to say aliens, and they they're not supposed to, right? Aliens are like, you got to be like. You know, cruise now. What, now, what, what sort of what ploy were you using to try to get them to say aliens? Well, I, I was. I'm trying to get to like. So, so we went through. We talked about how it was classified as a religion, and we went to the whole concept. And then, so to get to alien, because I know she can't say it. It's sort of like you know that game you play at the Disney store. Try to rock all the way to the back, touch the wall, and then leave without somebody saying hello to you. Like it's it was that was my whole thing. Get in the Scientology Center, see if I can hear somebody say aliens. So I'm asking her some questions, and I said, okay, so you're saying Thetan, you know, this Thetan right here, pointing to myself, uh, has always been, always has been. And I said, and I always will be, always will be. Like, well, that's incredible. And I said, but here's the thing. I mean, what I don't understand is, like, I'm a physical being. So, yeah, yeah, you're a physical being. I'm here on this planet, which is a finite planet. She said, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so, like... What happens when the Earth dies to this Thetan? Ooh. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, well, well, do I just, does Thetan die too? So, oh, no. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like, to my knowledge, there's no life on other planets. I mean, what, what happens? I just float around? Just, is there a chance? I mean, how, like, is there another opportunity, any way that this Thetan can, can exist in the physical form? She looks around the room. She looks down the hallway and she goes, okay, well, this is just me, but I'm saying, like, I don't think we're alone in the universe. Mm. And I said, did you, did you say aliens? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm counting this as aliens. And she's like, I'm just, that's just what I, I'm just saying. I'm like, okay, you're just saying aliens. You said aliens. <laughs> and then I wrote a fake name on the, on the form and then I uh, left. What was the fake name? I don't remember, but oh it was, come on! I don't remember. It's probably Brock Toon or something. It was probably Anthony Ladon. <laughs> <laughs> there was a part of me, and, and my wife was very concerned. She was very concerned that I would be easily influenced. Uh, she's like, "I feel like you know, you put yourself in that situation, and then what if they they make a good pitch?" I said, "Ah, well, I don't mind being famous for a little bit." So yeah, so you all right, so this is interesting. So I didn't I didn't know this before, but now I'm realizing that Heather doesn't think very highly of you. No, no, no. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't know that before. <laughs> I mean, you were I, at the wedding. <laughs> I think it's all kind of coming together now. Um yeah, at that level. I mean, I thought of course she's disappointed with you. I mean, everyone Everyone can kind of see that, but that she actually thinks that you'd be taken in by Scientology. That's sort of a, a new level of disrespect. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. Like, I, I, I could have been a more savvy tour guide away from, you know. That's true. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I don't know what would be going on. Audit me. I, I don't, I mean, I expected to go in and I, I expected people to be like, you know, learning how to jump on couches on TV or something like just having like having a time. Right. <laughs> it was pretty mellow. At some point, I think maybe we should talk about Top Gun Maverick. Did you see the movie? Uh, you know, I meant to. <laughs> I rented the wrong one. You didn't miss anything. Can we talk about Iron Eagle too? <laughs> you didn't miss anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, this movie. I, let me just say this. I, I could I could say bad things. I could say a lot of bad things, but let me just say say this. 
This is a really stupid movie. <laughs> but about an hour in, I had become as stupid as the movie. Oh yeah. And, and I was I was all in. I was oh, yeah. absolutely all in. I was like at that point like my my IQ dropped like 50 points and I was like Hell yeah, man! You gotta go faster. You gotta get through that that ravine fast. You, you, yeah. That's the only way to do it. It's the only way to get through that ravine. You gotta go faster. No, I was I, probably the same exact experience. Initially, I'm like, okay, because I tried to watch Top Gun the other day. <laughs> oh, you did. And I got about 20 minutes in, and I just I could not I could not understand any of the charm. Like it's just completely and like especially there was a point where like there's this whole sequence where you know, they're doing this training exercise and flying and it's mm-hmm. like super dramatic. And then the next scene is him at Top Gun and somebody is just describing what we just saw <laughs> to all the, the the recruits as if, because they weren't there, but I was. Like, I actually, I was. And so to tell me what I just saw seemed yeah. like a bit of a waste of time. And well, I was like, I think we're good. Well, this movie does the exact same thing. I, I wrote down, this is a movie that is completely devoid of subtext. Oh, there's, yeah. there's no <laughs> there's no subtext. Everything that you, you need try. to know, <laughs> everything that you need to know, they're going to put on the di- in the dialogue of some character. Right. It's like waiting in the wings. At at one point Tom Cruise says, "I'm a pilot. I'm a naval aviator." And it's supposed to be this really profound moment between he and, and Val Kilmer. And I'm thinking that was the premise of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the oh, that's the only premise of the movie is that you, you're a pilot, you're a naval aviator. I think I got that that part. It's all, right. so it it is both sort of like the premise of the movie and the deepest that that this movie gets. Well, what I like, I like a movie that trusts its audience and that it trusts that its audience is dumb. And I was absolutely dumb. I was yeah. absolutely dumb. So, yeah, a similar experience. First, first part pretty cynical. Next thing I know, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, like Heather starts like, because I think she did the same thing. But then she starts going, yeah, I didn't need this, didn't need that, didn't need this. And I'm like, ah, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm still dumb. <laughs> and, but it's funny. So I thought about this a lot before we got in because we're talking about sequels this season. Yeah. And the sequel's such a. It, an interesting uh, genre because it it has it operates in a way that uh, you know originals do not in the sense that like I don't like there's there's not a real need to do character development for for main characters uh, you, maybe you dig a little deeper you find another nuance but ultimately you those are established characters right we understand uh, if if you've seen the first yeah one. So, it's sort so of like. Like you liked you liked that guy before, right? Well, now we're gonna put that guy in a different situation, and we'll see if you still like him. Right. In this case, it was sort of like we're gonna put this guy in the exact same situation. He's just gonna be older. You like this too? Do you like? Yeah. It? <laughs> you, you like you like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So it does have. So there is an interesting uh, element of that 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 making a sequel. Um, like and so it makes it hard for a sequel to exist on its own, right? So, because uh, have you ever done that where you've watched a sequel before you watched the original? Absolutely. So there's something about that. So it it takes us a, 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 a different type of, of hand to to give you something new. Now this is obviously so much time has passed, but it would be like it's a weird thing, right? So you make this movie, you you just. You don't pepper it with nostalgia. You just you mix it in. It's 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 almost your base ingredient is nostalgia. Yeah, that's right. So you know that, right? So you know that what you're appealing to is an audience that already has an affinity for Top Gun. So there are moments where when it's like, on one hand, it's like, look, we're going to give you everything that you liked from the first one, so much so that we're going to show it to you. If is that cool? Yeah, you want to see, see that again. You're going to see scenes of Meg Ryan. Yeah. From 30 years ago. You're going to see, like, in case you, like, Goose, like, we're going to talk about how Goose is dead. We're going to talk about it a lot. Then we're going to show it to you. And then we're going to. we're going to show then, photographs of him. We're right. Show and then the, you're, the, his son staring at the photographs. Yeah. We're going to have his son sing Great Balls of Fire as if anybody in that generation knows all the words of that song. And and we're then we're going to show you the clip that this is supposed to be, this is where what Tom Cruise is being reminded of. But at the same time, you're like. 
I know this because it's Top Gun Maverick. You know, he's being tested in the cockpit. He will actually be talking to Goose like Luke Skywalker talks to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Talk to me, Goose. Later you get, talk to me, Dad. Right. You get that parallel. It, it this is it should have been called Goose. Top Gun Goose. Goose was more important to this movie than Maverick was. You could have called this movie Top Gun. <laughs> and if if you showed it to me now, enough time has gone between the two, I'd be like, "Huh. Yeah, no, I yeah, this is what I remember. This is Top Gun because I Oh yeah, I remember when Goose dies cuz I just saw it right there. Oh, I remember when Goose sang Great Balls because I saw it right there. Like so, all of that stuff would happen, and I would it would have jogged my memory enough to be like, I don't remember all the movie, but yeah, this was the one I watched. You know, like I mentioned before, it's like Tom Cruise nailed that young cocky guy role. He nailed it in like fourteen movies, and they really wanted to bring that energy back into this movie. There was that scene; they're all around the pool table, and they're all sharing their call signs. The call signs are absolutely crucial to this. Even so much so that Bob Kilmer now plays an admiral. <laughs> he now plays an admiral, but they call they still call him Iceman. What right. do we have here? If it ain't Phoenix. Here I thought we were special, Coyote. Turns out, invite went to anyone. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. The, the Hangman, like the, the bad guy in this movie, is now Hangman. Hangman, we eventually learn that the reason why his name is Hangman is because he's always going to hang you out to dry. Yeah, and everyone's cool with that. Like, and everyone's... He, and he's cool with it. Like, he has it on his helmet. He's... My call sign is murderous asshole. <laughs> it just stuck. Um, a lot of this, a lot of this movie is just a, a dick measuring contest. Sure, and you know it's sort of true to the first one. There was a lot of dick measuring in that as well, and a lot of like biting at the air. I don't know, like I, if you recall the first one, there's at least two scenes where there's biting at the air. Like Val Kilmer. That does was, a, well, that was sort of an '80s thing. Though. We, yeah, we did bites, a lot of biting at the air in when the Iceman bites at Maverick. But then, and then his. Uh, guy in the rear that's well, just whatever yeah i'll let that one lay there it, he during the volleyball scene like he just slow motion bite he does a slow motion bite <laughs> the guy the, uh, the guy in the rear that's not your wingman right no your wingman is the other is your other plane yeah but, so, so the yeah. guy in the rear is, should just be called the guy in the rear right yeah i mean it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little on the nose right guy in the back is called goose oh but the guy that i fly with his name is reach around rick Uh, I want to talk about Val Kilmer. So, um, so this has got to be his final role as, well, as fa- he can't final speak, acting. Right? Role. Can't speak, right? Or he speaks very. Uh, he types. Well, he types. Yeah. I, you know, at one point I was thinking, you know, because I was thinking my opinion changed about the movie when they go into his room and all he can do is type. So he's using his eyes to act because all he's got is his eyes because he's not going to say a word. And I was actually kind of affected by it. I was thinking, Val Kilmer's actually doing some really amazing work here with his eyes. And then they completely ruin it by having him talk. Actually, <laughs> actually talk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm back. I'm back to sort of my baseline here. Well, this, this, sequel, this sequel behaves as a tribute to itself, right? Yes, that's right. Be- because every, even the moment where Iceman is being brought in, your your anticipation of seeing him is because you already know of Val Kilmer, the actor's condition. So, so you're yeah, already you're wondering, like, are they going to CGI him? Because right, you they... are not after Top Gun. You don't have an affinity for the Iceman character. You have this moment where it was like, "Oh, cool, Iceman and Maverick are, you know, they they mutual respect." But it wasn't like you're going to be like, "Oh man, I can't wait to see Iceman again." If you don't have the Val Kilmer real narrative to go with it. Well, if you so, break it down, the first Top Gun is sort of Tom Cruise is kind of an asshole. Yeah. And Val Kilmer is kind of an asshole. Yeah. 
And they're kind of being assholes to each other. And at the end of the movie, they kind of respect each other. As assholes. As <laughs> assholes. So, so they, it's nice to know that they still respect each other after all these years. Yeah, well, sure. Um, and so, it, but that's the thing about the movie. The movie doesn't know what it is, right? I mean, it, it knows what it is, but then it tries to like the, the the idea that. Oh, I think it knows exactly what it is. Yeah, but I would say like the the. Uh, so if you so we talked about uh, Karate Kid, and I don't know if you've watched Cobra Kai the series at all, but none. It, what what's really fascinating about the Cobra Kai series is it says okay there was a there was a universe that existed in the eighties, mm-hmm. and. Everything about it that was over the top and everything about it that was maybe ridiculous and implausible, we're going to treat as if it's canon. And then we're going to take that, what you saw in those three movies, as they got like more weird or more like mm-hmm. unbelievable. And we're going to say that that universe continues. And now you have uh, Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso in that universe as if all of that was, was plausible and so you look at it now and go, well, this is ridiculous. I go, yeah, but it is the logical arc, right? And so, uh, and, and and I think that's what makes it really work is because it, it creates, it, it treats the, the original almost as fantasy. And then it, and then it continues on. So with this, you have, you have this notion of, okay, well, here's, here's Pete, Pete Maverick, who, because of his Maverick ways, didn't ascend, but he had all the skills. He had, he had all the talent. Uh, but he just got in his own way, right? So there's that's you sort of see this projector. He's gonna lose everything. He's been just getting by because Iceman has been bailing him out. So there's this sense that like, okay, well, this could be a really uh, interesting uh, character study if you wanted to, right? Like you could be mm-hmm. like, okay, that character that we might have like quote fallen in love with. Well, there's a price to pay for that. That uh, like like the, the Tom Cruise young cocky pilot. Uh, you know, it's. If this is what happens. This is what happens if you don't, you know, uh, mature or whatever, right? So you have an element of that, and that's sort of going throughout. But you know, it's all just just horse hockey because it's he's still going to do what he wants to do, and he's going to be rewarded for being a maverick, and that's that, right? Like so, so it's a, it's it feels like there could have been a, an interesting movie there, um, but I think they actually played it played it smarter from a yeah. A, so I have not seen any of the Karate Kid series does that show presume that danny lawrence and johnny have experienced no maturity or no growth as humans uh they they have but there's but they're not older and wiser they're they're well the well i mean the beauty of it is, is daniel larusso because he becomes the all valley champ twice and apparently in that universe that means a whole lot he is he runs you know he owns a used car lot and all of his billboards are you know with him doing karate and and referring sure. to all valley champ or whatever so it takes that universe and says that was important it's so important that that's now he's yeah. kind of the the villain well sure like and now i i believe that that guy became a used car salesman Right. That, that to me, that's plausible. Here's what I don't believe. I don't believe that Tom Cruise, 40 years later, is still a captain. You know, and I guess, you know, they do in the movie, they do have characters that kind of call it out. Like, why are you still a captain? But he's also experienced almost zero emotional growth. He's the same exact person but he's now he's like not the young cocky guy he's just the old cocky guy uh even so much so he's never married you know he's he's been in and out of the relationship with Jennifer Con- Connolly the daughter of Jennifer Connolly is more mature than Tom Cruise yeah uh he hasn't learned to do anything i mean what does he do when he's teaching these cadets he's teaching them he he throws the book away first thing that to me, that's the most implausible thing about this whole movie. That you've got this character who is a world beater, who never learned any life lessons, and is still mourning the death of his best friend, almost as if no time has passed. Well, that's that's the problem, right? What does Ice tell him? What does Ice tell him? It's time to let go. Time to let go. Yeah, and I think that's also what the movie's telling Top Gun fans. 
It's time to let go. <laughs> See, I was I was thinking about the scene where they're both behind enemy lines, and one of them says, "What were you thinking?" And the other said, "You told me not to think." And I was thinking, "That's what the movie's telling. That's the, that is the <laughs> that is yeah. the message of this movie." Yeah, you told me not to think. So, um, uh, do we know what what country is? this enemy behind enemy lines do we know what no, i think country they, I the think, enemy is here i think they smartly kept that uh you know vague so that this movie can exist forever <laughs> right so that's an interesting choice like i kind of like that they did that it's like um like it doesn't really matter uh, it, the, the, what matters in this movie is that america rocks right right um, oh, it's like Rocky Four, right? They have all the technology. Yes, it's it's odd that we're still making Rocky Four all of these years later, right? Um, but it was sort yeah, of that's a... what Heather mentioned. Like she's like, I didn't know we were doing this anymore. <laughs> I think this is exactly the the, the world is ripe <laughs> for Top Gun again. In fact, I would like to see a a third Top Gun movie. And I would like to see this exact movie again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why you. Yeah, you could, like I said, you just call it Top Gun Rooster. Yeah, we're just and, gonna uh, plug in a few different actors. You know, it's it's not gonna be. So I take Connery. it you did not like this movie. I did. Here's here's the thing. I didn't like the first hour. I really liked the last forty five minutes. And then immediately afterwards, I was like, that was a horrible movie. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Which Top Gun do you like better? This one. Yeah. Okay. That's how I felt. And again, I, I think what it comes down to, too, is that you and I are not Top Gun fans. <laughs> That's right. I think that I think that might uh, taint our perspective on this, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the whole time I'm like, hey, this is better than the first one. So I've already set up a baseline that of like, hey, that movie I didn't like, they're doing it again. <laughs> Was there a trope, a cliche, or a device in this movie that really worked for you? USA, USA. <laughs> um, I like I like uh, I like football on the beach. Uh, these guys are super chesty. <laughs> they're 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 oiled up. Um, Tom, Cruise is in better, Tom Cruise is in better shape in Top Gun Maverick than he is in Top Gun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and if, I like that the guy whose call name is Bob, his name is Bob, but his call name is Bob, yeah. but he's actually wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that was a really great choice. I think so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everyone else is all pecs. You know, they're, they're poking their eyes out with each other's pecs in this <laughs> And then you got and Bob, Bob and Bob and Bob burns easy. Bob's got glasses on, <laughs> and a t-shirt on the beach. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I so when you ask about the tropes at work, I would just say, yeah, they all did, right? I mean, like, because even like the fact that I was able to to downshift my brain, and and I was like, oh, I'm like into it, and like, oh, they're gonna pull it off, and then, oh, okay, and then they, and then when it's over, you're like, oh, geez, what just happened? Like, it's a trance, right? I mean. There is something. It is. It, it's. It's better directed than than Top Gun. It's. Uh, it's better acted than Top Gun. Um, it's. Uh, its story is ridiculous, but I don't. Again, I don't remember. Yeah, I think that the first, probably the first forty minutes, were sort of like let's let's give you a little refresher refresher course on all the stuff that happens in Top Gun, and the problem with that is that not much happens in Top Gun. Right. That first movie didn't have a plot. And so, I mean, yes, uh, yeah, of course, we know Goose is dead. How much do you need to devote 40 minutes to reminding us that Goose is well, dead? Well, th- that's the thing that's kind of interesting, too, is that when you go to the original Top Gun, like, when does Goose die? It's not like the end. You know, right. a lot happens after Goose dies. Like, the movie actually, its goal of the first one is to kind of work the Tom Cruise character to be a hero despite feeling guilty that Goose died. And you're like, yeah, but then like 30 years later, he's just never mm-hmm. got over it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, that's where it's, where it's interesting that like it, it spends so much time on that. This movie better, worse or on par with a Ron Howard movie. This movie is insanely Howard. Oh, it's, it's totally, this is the movie. It is, it is, 
I'm not convinced it wasn't Ron Howard. <laughs> yes. And I think, honestly, I think that, I mean, this is so in Ron Howard's wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. You know, you got the star power. you got the, the heroic narrative. You've got sort of the emotional connection, like the, the really typical emotional connections, you know, between like a lover and, you know, two lovers or two best friends or something like that. And yet I can't help but say it's a it's a Howard minus two. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I, yeah, I, I don't I don't think well, you because get I think if you give this to Ron Howard, he 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 absolutely turns this into gold. This is this is so in his wheelhouse. He's going to hit this one out of the park. See, I disagree. I think this is this is all Howard. I mean, this is you're saying that this is the most Howard movie we've ever covered on. Cuckoo this Cuckoo. is the most Howard movie ever made. <laughs> okay, you've convinced me. I, I mean, <laughs> you've convinced me. this is this is not just the this is not just properly Howard. We're <laughs> yeah, just gonna this call is, this equal to Ron Howard. Yeah, I mean, this is like I mean, we're talking. Is there a love story that's not fully fleshed out? Check. Is there action that's kind of okay and a little bit predictable? Check. Uh, is there drama that's not super dramatic and maybe it's a little ham-fisted at times? Oh, check. Are there stars maybe playing a little below their capabilities? Check-a-roo. All right, you got me. I was wrong. I was clearly wrong. This is this is. And are you? I, but did you enjoy it? And then later go. Well, wait a minute. That's Howard. <laughs> that was exactly my experience of this movie. Oh my gosh. Was there a half the battle one to grow on moment in this movie? Um, you're never too old to be the same.